Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We are particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. Hey everyone, welcome along to the show. I'm glad you could join me as yesterday I was at an event about B Corps and just set up my recorder and recorded all the audio of a panel discussion with six different people talking about B Corps. And I get this question quite often from people as to what they are and how they work and why you might want to become one. So this episode will hopefully answer all of those questions and more. And I'll let Tim introduce the panelists in the audio of the talk, but want to give him a big shout out for letting me record the audio and release it in this way. Um, Tim's actually been a regular contributor to Seeds. He's been on twice, and he was actually the second person I interviewed. So if you're interested in his life story, go back and check out episode number two. If you enjoy the content here, then consider checking out some of the earlier episodes because there's more than a hundred of them. And also there might be somebody who you want to share it with. If you find the content helpful, then they might as well. Now let's get into the panel discussion. Oh, kia ora koutou everyone. Thank you. Yes, thanks for coming out on a, a wet and gloomy Friday morning, but hey, you've had free breakfast, so it's not all bad. Um, I'm Tim, I'm from Grow Good. I'm uh, one of the bee calls here in Canterbury and in New Zealand. And um, yeah, thanks for coming along for this um, Better Business for a Better World event that we're putting on as part of Bee Core Month, which is really, really cool. A massive thanks um, to Michelle, who is what is your exact title at the BNZ? Your South Island chair? Independent, Independent chairperson. chairperson. So obviously when you want to get a room at a venue, you go straight to the chairperson. <laughs> yeah. because that tends to make things happen. So thank you very much to Michelle and the team of BNZ for um, providing this venue and the coffee uh, free of charge. And also massive thanks to Eagle. Um, if, where's Gareth? Put your hand up. Um, New Zealand's first B Corps. Very cool. Um, Brown Bread, Environment Solutions, Trinio, and Happy Monday. They've all um, contributed financially towards your free breakfast. So. Thank you very much to you guys. Um, before we kick in to the main event, I just thought we'd get you all connecting because like purpose is all about connection and meaning and stuff like that. Cass yeah. like, oh no, what are we doing? It's not, it's not jazzercise, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, Although a Sam is a, is a yoga coach and a running coach, so maybe we could, like, we won't do that to you. So um, what I'll tell you uh, do is just turn to the person next to you and just say good day. Okay. There we go, you're hopefully a bit more energised and connected and you've met some new friends. Of course, out and free breakfast. Um, can I have the next slide? Those things are free breakfast, didn't you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it too well. Um, obviously, um, this is a panel event and the event wouldn't be anything without a panel. Um, so thank you so much to our panel. So we've got Sam, it's the only photo I can find of you on, online, I'm really sorry. Uh, so Sam Davies from Trinio. Um, Dan is in the audience, who's co-founder. We've, we've agreed that you're now called Trinians, as, as people at Trinio. Um, we have um, Belinda from Enviromark. I'm really struggling because it was Bronwyn, but we've now got Belinda, so there's like two Bs. And uh, I know a Belinda who everybody. works in Lincoln as well, so I'm just like really confused. Um, we've got Kath from Eagle Protect, we've got Michelle from Kilmarnock, and Andrew, who's um, CEO of B-Lab Australia New Zealand. So we'll get them to introduce themselves a little bit more in a minute, but I just wanted to let you know who we've got on board. So first up, um, Andrew's, I, I was gonna just ask Andrew a couple of questions to set the scene, like what is B-Corp, what is B-Lab? He's like, don't worry, I'm down with this. I've got a five minute PowerPoint decky slidey thing that I'll just run through and everyone will know everything that they need to know. So, without further ado, Thank over you. to you. And with those expectations, I'm here to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you, Tim. Um, and later we'll, we'll thank Tim again because um, Tim's really been integral in putting this together. And in fact, 
many events like this over the last few years. He's been a mas massive advocate for the uh, B Corp movement. Before I sort of move into a little bit of detail, um, can I just get a show of hands if you work for a B Corp? Wow. That's pretty amazing. So for people in the room who don't, you just found the people that you need to talk to um, and we can probably just wrap this up now. Um, <laughs> because the biggest thing I've found, I've been in the role for three weeks, um, and the biggest thing I've found is that the best advocates for the B Corp movement are B Corps. Because they live it, they know it, and they're incredibly passionate about it. So if you are at a point where you're just learning and interested, please seek out one of the people who had their hands in the air. We might, just as we finish, we might yep. get you to do that again. Second question is, um, put your hand in the air if you are, how can I frame this? Wearing or today will use uh, a product from a B Corp. Yeah. Getting there, absolutely. Yeah, right. Very good. Um, I've got my Toms on. Um, had my Allbirds on yesterday. Thought I'd go with Toms today because I didn't want to get my new Allbirds dirty. But anyway, your consumption is one of the most powerful uh, things you can do to influence the world today. Uh, B Corps make an amazing range of things. There are plenty of B Corps that provide services to business as well. Therefore, not just in your personal consumption, but in your life within a business. If you are doing business with a B Corp, you are doing good. I can confidently say that simply by buying a pair of shoes that I thought were pretty cool and gonna look good, um, I've donated a pair of shoes as well. And that's simply my consumption, because that's Tom's model. Uh, our consumption, I think, is something that is the most powerful way to create change today. So I really encourage you to look for that little B on packaging. Just before I started this role, I actually purchased a wallet from a company called Bellroy, which is out of um, Bells Beach um, and Fitzroy in Melbourne. Bellroy, that's where they got their name from. Uh, and pulled it out of its packaging. Um, I was very excited, new wallet. It's about the third Bellroy wallet I've purchased. And unbeknownst to me, they're a B Corp, and out came the packaging, and there was a little B. So I gave myself a pat on the back for doing that <laughs> without even knowing it. <laughs> so, what I want to do today is just give you a little bit of background about the B Corp movement. I'm going to be really quick because these people here are far more interesting than I am. Um, I don't really want to focus on the negatives here. I think probably most people in this room know full well that the challenges we're facing uh, as a country um, within the broader world and for our entire planet are really significant. Uh, we are a movement of business and we believe firmly that business can create significant change and can scale that change probably faster than any other organisation in the world, including governments these days. We've seen it before. We've seen organisations like the Googles and the Fangs of the world come up and create change, not just in what we purchase, but how we live our lives at an extraordinarily fast rate. Not to diminish the critical role that government has and the work that they do, but it's a truism of our life now that businesses can create change at scale better than any other organisational structure. We are a movement of business and we're about making business better. I'd rather focus on some of the positives. We know that consumers will pay more for sustainable brands and in a recent survey, 90% of Kiwis said that they would consider not continuing to purchase with a brand if it had a bad reputation. We know this. We know people are looking for better ways to purchase. We know that, I forget the latest percentage of the current labour market made up of millennials and Gen Zs, but it's heading rapidly north of 80%. Uh, and we know that that generation is significantly motivated by purpose. They're interested in what 
their business life contributes. They're interested in what difference they make to the world just by going to work. So attraction and retention of great staff is core to having a good purpose and a clear purpose. And then the last sort of thing that's going on in the world at the moment is the growth of impact investment is absolutely extraordinary. There is a heck of a lot of money kicking around the world looking for positive investments that have impact. So organisations that are geared towards making a difference are going to be naturally more attractive to an awful lot of capital. So we've got, within the business context, an enormous sort of tailwind effect. The change is very much in our favour, and that's before we even start talking about the significant awareness and change around climate that is happening in the world. Your government is particularly engaged. Um, and I say this with a degree of... Um, significant degree of envy because in this country we are we are leading the world in a government that is engaging not just in, in, in rhetoric but in action. You've got a wellbeing budget and a living standards framework that is all about changing not just your lives but the way we talk about success and growth. It's a really interesting time to be uh, a Kiwi uh, and we need to do a lot more in our organisation. We, we, we are meant to be supporting and servicing this country and we need to do a heck of a lot more to achieve that and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So what is B-Lab all around? So, so there's an awful lot of, lot of Bs in our movement. Um, I apologise for that. <coughs> B corporations are certified businesses that have met our criteria and I'll talk about that in one second. B-Lab, which is who I work for, are the regional offices, if you like, of the B Corporation movement. Uh, the lab is meant to be all about innovation and change, but in essence we are the, the division of uh, the B Corporation movement that looks after Australia and New Zealand. There are B Labs, uh, there's a large over, overarching B Lab in South America called Sistema Bay. They have a series of in-country organisations under them. There's a growing B Lab in East Africa. Uh, there's a developing one in China, and we look after a little bit of Asia as well in conjunction with them. Uh, US, Canada, uh, UK and Europe, and Europe also has a, a, a model where they've got lots of B-Labs in different countries. Globally it's a very significant movement, um, three weeks in and I'm having an awful um, lot of trouble managing the information coming my way from these different B-Labs. <laughs> they're very engaged, they're very activated, and what they're doing in each country is slightly different. So when you hit B-Lab, that's us, we're here to serve the community in Australia and New Zealand. And our mission, or our vision rather, is that all people in Australia and Aotearoa New Zealand uh, benefit from an economy that is inclusive and regenerates the environment. Two really important concepts there. We're, we're an organisation that has a positive vision, so we're trying to create change for the better. And, and I could talk for ages about the evolution of sort of responsible investment that started off talking about, hey, let's not invest in things that are doing harm. We're about engaging with businesses that are engaging in positive change. I'm not going to talk too much about our, our sort of internal strategies, but it's important to understand what the model is behind the <coughs> B Corp movement. And Tim's a great source of history. I'm not going to go right back to the start. What's on the board now is our theory of change. Our founders coming out of the US had a really interesting business story that, again, Tim can tell you another time. But in essence, they came from starting a large business, selling that business, and finding that all the good things they'd done within it were no longer respected by the new owners. And that really horrified them and through a series of conversations, they ended up saying, hey, we need to change the architecture of business. So our theory of change is all about developing some market infrastructure. 
And by that we really mean two things. We are creating a set of standards for what it means to be a positive business or a business that's doing good and changing legal frameworks to enable businesses to lock that mission in. I'm not going to talk a huge amount today about the second part of that because it's an ongoing conversation in, in New Zealand and if you're interested in the concept of legal structures, just Google the Impact Initiative, which is a report that's currently before government that is all about that very topic and Stephen, one of the co-authors, is sitting in the front row, so talk to him as well. The idea of changing that market infrastructure is that that then has allowed us to create some tools, and I'm about to talk about our key tool for businesses to use to actually implement change. And then, of course, the idea is that we are also creating a movement and inspiring consumers to take action and deal with businesses that are doing good in the world. On that front, there are a series of movements. We now talk about ourselves as a movement of movements. There are various organisations in the world that are leading the conversation around creating change. There's UN Global Compact, Shared Value Project, Conscious Capitalism, and others, all of whom are intersecting in the, in the, in the important idea that business can be a, a positive contributor for change. So there are a series of different movements, and you might find that some of those movements uh, resonate more with you than others and I'd really encourage you to do a wide sort of perspective on this because there are lots of really good organisations doing good things. So, I want to talk a little bit about what we call, and here comes another B, our B impact assessment. Uh, so another quick show of hands, who has undertaken the B impact assessment, which is an online tool? So all B Corps <coughs> in the room should have their hands up. Um, <laughs> right, so that's good. Some of you don't know what it is. The standards that I talked about are grouped under five headings, and you can see them across the top. Community, environment, workers, governance, and customers. These five headings really capture a holistic view of any business. <coughs> and underneath these sit a whole bunch of questions and a whole bunch of subtopics, and it's undertaking those questions that, that the B Corp assessment is all about. So the B Impact Assessment is free, it's online, you can self-direct your way through it, it is a series of questions that are intended to be appropriate for every single business in the world, therefore they're appropriate for no one. Um, my key guidance is do not get concerned if you're answering a question you think, that's not quite right for me. There are plenty of other questions that will be right for you. My main message today is if you have not yet done it, have a go. You'll find it on our website. <coughs> the way the model works is that underneath each question you're awarded points. There is a total of 200 points to be gained and I'll explain what the sort of thresholds are, but if you get enough points, you can become a certified B Corp. You self-direct your way through the process. When you think that you're achieving a sufficient mark, uh, then you are verified by a global standards trust who's independent to us to confirm that you've met that mark. Think of it as a giant audit. The bigger your organisation, the more complex that is, and yes, it can take some time, but that's, uh, it's an interesting point of feedback I get from B Corps when I talk to them, they'd say, hey, how was doing the, the verification? They said, it was tough took a lot more internal resources than I thought, a lot more time, it was incredibly challenging, cost me a lot more money than I thought it probably would, don't change a thing. Because the rigorous assessment is what we're all about. It is a very high bar, but going through this process, answering the questions, accessing resources that help you perhaps answer the question differently, in other words, create change, that is the point of this. It is the change your organisation goes through in order to become certified that is what we are all about. So I would also encourage you, if you're not even sure whether your business can get certified for any reason, 
doesn't stop you from doing the B impact assessment, doesn't stop you from having a go and starting to draw down some of the information you can pull along the way and changing your organisation, whether it be big or small. Just a quick one, the blue areas under here, and I don't want to go into too much detail, but, but it's, it's important to understand the blue areas are what we call um, impact <coughs> business model areas. So, so the sort of easiest way I can explain this is that if your business has at its core an impact business model, then the very activity that your business undertakes is creating change. And, and Stephen, with due respect, I don't want to pick on lawyers, but let's pick on lawyers because it's fun. Um, if your business is a law firm, then inherently your business is not an impact business model. You're providing legal services. Nothing wrong with that. Very important part of society. You might outperform because you've got some fantastic policies about your workers. You've got a really good environmental footprint. You might have gone completely carbon neutral and heaven forbid lawyers got rid of paper. <laughs> you might have a really good engagement with your local community. You can outperform in one area and underperform in another and achieve certification. If, however, your business takes recycled plastic product and turns it into active wear, then you've got an impact business model because the very core of your business has a positive benefit around the environment or particular custom groups. So if you have an impact business model, you are likely to get some kind of bonus points and get to your certification quicker, <coughs> all power to you, but it is not designed to preclude any business, and I love the fact that Eagle talks about itself um, jokingly as the dirtiest B Corp out there, because <laughs> the core of its business is disposable gloves. And you might think, oh, that's a terrible product in the modern world, and Kath will talk about just how critically important that product is, and how Eagle has changed the industry by creating a much more sustainable model. So in other words, no business, large, small industry or anything is, is necessarily precluded. That's all I want to go on, on about this because there's an awful amount of detail there, but there's one other really important thing to understand. So the BIA, again, that's our B Impact Assessment. That is the tool that we've created, completely free for you to use online. The important thing to understand is that in the next slide I'm going to show you, there's almost 3,000 certified B Corps in the world, but there are 55,000 businesses that have undertaken the BIA. In other words, there is a much larger group of businesses who have had a go and might have done it just because they're interested. They might be focusing on one particular area. Two things come out of that. One is that that means there's an awfully large number of businesses just exploring their impact, uh, and that's fantastic. Two is it creates an enormous pool of data around 55,000 businesses in the world, where they are on their impact journey. And we use that data in different ways. We work with investment groups, we work with government organisations, we have over 200 partners that access that data in order to be able to provide intelligence to their particular constituents. It's a really powerful tool. And if your organisation might have some interest in that, then talk to me afterwards. So, where are we? Just finally, on the BIA, I, I promised you some numbers. So the average business, when it undertakes the BIA, scores about a 55, provided they're honest and you haven't given the job to the intern who is perhaps a little bit <coughs> over-enthusiastic <coughs> come out with 130. And there are plenty of businesses that do that and kind of fist pump, we're 130, let's go. <laughs> the threshold for certification is 80 points. You must achieve 80 and most B Corps, when they become certified, score between 80 and 85. Often they're a little disappointed. They think, oh, it's only 80. Mm -hmm. 80 is an extremely high mark and very tough to get. The average of first uh, in Australia and New Zealand for organisations that have undertaken the BIA is actually a little higher. It's 70, but the journey from 70 to 80 so that first time score is 55, but the average sort of creeps up as people do it again and again. 
the journey from 70 to 80 is incredibly tough. The average B Corp score in the world, so for certified B Corps is 96, and Australia New Zealand is 94. So our cohort across Australia New Zealand is, is very reflective of, of the global average. They're just numbers. Um, and the other thing, as much as we like to celebrate success in this world and numbers, each B Corp is different and will score differently for different reasons. And, and yes, it's a metric. The reason it's a metric is it allows us to benchmark, it allows us to measure over time and measure your change. We don't get too excited about whether you're an 80 or a 95 and think that somehow you're a lesser organisation as an 80. It's not really how we think of it. So around the world, we have almost 3,000 B Corps in 60 countries, 150 industries, and we're all unified by that goal of using business as a force for good. But more locally, um, there is a map of New Zealand behind there. The screen has not been kind to me. Um, we have 22 New Zealand B Corps, 250 currently in Australia, so 272 across the area. Two and a half thousand businesses have undertaken the BIA across 60 industries again. What you're seeing on the screen is, on the left-hand side are, are organisations who are B Corps that are based in New Zealand, and then we've introduced some other brands that are present in New Zealand uh, that are also B Corps, and some of those are reasonably significant brands. It's fair to say that as the B Corp community grows, it starts off with some very small, passionate organisations, although Eagle was our first in New Zealand and remains our largest. Uh, generally, it starts fairly small, and currently around the world, we're having some very, very large organisations engage with us. Uh, Danone and Unilever are both on a journey to becoming fully certified as global conglomerates. Each of them have subsidiaries already certified. Um, on my way home from dinner last night, Tim, I had an ice cream at Ben & Jerry's, sorry I didn't invite you to that. I, just saw it. <laughs> I walked past, it was like a thing, it was like two degrees, I said ice cream. So, <laughs> but it was great, I sat there with my Ben & Jerry's cup, they're a B Corp, and I ate it with my Biopack spoon, they're a B Corp, and I just thought this is fantastic, um, what a great thing to be able to do. So, there's some examples of some great organisations who are B Corps. Very quickly, a couple more charts. We have 22 in New Zealand. You can see the growth has been pretty steady. As I said, the total number of B Corps will grow less quickly as they become bigger. And we're talking to some of the largest organisations in New Zealand at the moment, which isn't to say that we prefer larger organisations. Absolutely not. We are open to every business. Um, but of course, large organisations coming on board is a great reflection of the change in the conversation in the world today when large organisations are starting to say, hey, this stuff matters, we want to engage. In Australia, we, we've got a similar growth curve. A um, couple of quick things, um, what's happening in the B Corp movement in the world. So globally, we are currently engaged in a really interesting project where we are mapping the UN Sustainable Development Goals to our BIA, to our impact assessment. Uh, it's gone, it's been worked up with the UN Global Compact and a series of consultants. It's currently being beta tested by 400 businesses around the world. The idea is that you can undertake the BIA and get an outcome that tells you, hey, how is your business mapped against the Sustainable Development Goals? Really powerful tool. The SDGs are changing conversations in boardrooms all around the world. That should be available early next year. The Impact Management Project is another interesting thing that B Corp globally has partnered with. That's all about changing or really establishing some frameworks around the idea of impact. There's a lot of words in this space. Uh, we talk about purpose, we talk about impact, we talk about doing good. Uh, we talk about social enterprises who are, who are organisations that are very often businesses doing good as well. There's a continuum of organisations um, 
and, and Michelle will talk a little bit about Kilmarnock, that's yet another interesting example of uh, perhaps a not traditional um, B Corp business, but very much in the same space. So the Impact Management Project is a global standards framework setting organisation. If you're involved in impact investment, that'll become relevant to you. The last one I wanted to mention, which um, is really interesting, is Danone. Danone has just signed a two billion euro uh, credit facility uh, consorting of banks led by BNP Paribas, where their cost of credit comes down as they achieve their ESG goals and become B Corp certified. Now, for the finance buffs in the room, that is a really big deal. When businesses can actually show their cost of credit should come down, their risk profile is reduced, that's an incredibly tangible benefit for them of pursuing this kind of strategy. Now, I know that also sounds perhaps a little bit unexciting, a bit narrow, but the point is it's a great reflection of the way this conversation is impacting business networks around the world. And if you are talking to the people who lend the money and they're listening, then you know you're having a serious impact on changing the way we do business. So we're really excited by that. So I also wanted to thank everybody that had contributed to putting today on. It's an enormously generous contribution. We'll come back to them. And just acknowledge we've got some partners as well who help fund us and always want to call them out for <coughs> writing checks to help B-Lab exist. We are a small not-for-profit as well. We're actively looking to partner and we actively need to create some partnerships that, that lead to us putting more resources on the ground in New Zealand. So thank you to them. I'm wrapping it up. Um, that's me. If you want to just take a photo of that, you can jump on a LinkedIn and reach out. Um, I'm new in this role and I'd love to connect with as many of you as possible. <coughs> Um, unfortunately, I have an incredibly boring name, so if you Google me on LinkedIn, there's about a million of me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Cool, so we'll kick off into the main panel event. Um, so maybe just really quickly, we'll do creeping death down the, uh, the panel, just like five seconds name, where you're from, that'll do. Hello everyone, um, my name is Michelle Sharp. I've had the privilege to um, be the CEO of Kilmarnock Enterprises here in Christchurch for six and a half years. I'd just like to acknowledge my colleague Michael Tootill, who in a month's time gets to take over the baton and takes over as CEO. Um, so yeah, I think most of you in the room know who we are. Um, good morning everybody, my name is Kath Rowe. I'm the Sustainability Coordinator at Eagle Protect. We're a food safety company based in Christchurch here and now in the US and we supply and distribute um, food safe disposable gloves and clothing into the food industry, medical and industrial sectors. Uh, kia ora, I'm Belinda Mathers from Environment Solutions. Uh, we offer environmental certifications to businesses. Um, we've got about 400 or so clients across our greenhouse emissions and environmental management systems programs. So we're all about um, helping businesses make a difference, um, which aligned really nicely to the, the B Corp principles. Um, I'm Sam Davies. I'm People Experience Lead and Office Manager at Trenio. You'll uh, recognise our office with the pixel art outside opposite C1. Um, and we offer tech solutions um, that uh, have purpose behind it for our, for our clients. Cool. So just for context, so um, the first four are either working for B-Lab or are a B Corp, but Trinio isn't a B Corp yet, but they're on the journey, and I just thought that would be, they'll hopefully add a really cool perspective as the majority of you in the room are not in a B Corp to kind of link in through. But the first question to the panel is gonna to go to Belinda, and obviously you are an organization that certifies organizations, and yet you chose to certify as a B Corp. What was the logic behind that? 
Um, well, we're all about um, measuring to understand, and um, once you understand your business really well, you can make sure your uh, focus is in the right area. Uh, so we were, you know, we were looking at different options beyond straight environmental um, certifications. We meet the requirements of all of our own programs, and we believe our own programs are the best in our space. But we wanted to be looking more broadly than that. So looking at how we're working in the community, how we're looking after our staff, other um, aspects of what we do. So a really good way to broaden out our, our views on things. Definitely. And how about any of the others? Um, Kath, what about the dark distance? Were you even <laughs> at Eagle when they certified? No, I, I wasn't at Eagle when we first certified. That was back in 2012. And uh, our CEO, Steve Ardo, who is based in the US now, uh, was running this business um, with values that really aligned to B Corp. And having come across the certification, just was like, this is a, just a really good fit. This is how business should be being done and could really see immediately for for the business that it was going to provide a really good internal framework for guidance on how to continue to grow, but also too that would give us a really um, a really worthwhile validated third party validated external external mark so that we could um, be able to say and show to our customers and all our relationships that you know that we that we're walking the talk. Yeah. So Kamala Keys, as Andrew suggested, we're a bit different. Um, um, so, and the reason we are is because our, our legal status is a not-for-profit. So our journey's actually been a four-year journey. Um, four years ago, we tried to certify, and we were told no that this was a certification for businesses that do good. Um, yet Kamala, who's been around for 60 years, and in particular in the last 10 years, as a charity that wasn't financially sustainable, we chose to underpin our model with really strong commercial um, practices, which means that we are now financially self-sustainable. Our purpose remains, which is um, we provide a pathway for school leavers with disabilities into sustainable employment. So four years ago when we were told no, um, for us it was really important. We've got a culture of continual improvement and for us the certification did two things. One was about holding ourselves accountable and constantly looking at improving everything that we do as an entity. Um, and secondly, was because why should it be a them and us? You know, our impact is, is strong and it's good and we really, really want to be amongst other organisations who are also thinking in the same way. So really important and really we've just achieved um, certification. Are we the latest in New Zealand maybe? So yeah and I have to just do a huge plug we ended up it was such a challenge for us I ended up actually employing Tim to help us take us through the certification and he broke down all the barriers that I wasn't able to. <laughs> so well done to Tim. And I think I'll just comment on that that yeah globally um, it's been a very significant uh, change for Kilmarnock to become certified um, and huge credit to you for having the tenacity to, to push us. Um, and I think that that shows you a broader trend that the, the continuum of what it means to be in business is expanding or rather it's perhaps being best seen as a continuum rather than, hey, you've got for-profit over here and you've got charities over there and they're completely different, forget about it. Charities are being expected to be more commercial and sustainable. Mm -hmm. Businesses are increasingly being expected to be more accountable and arguably we're all meeting in the middle. Um, profit is not a dirty word. Um, profit is a critical enabler, um, and we often know um, comment on degrees of profit taking. Um, you can have the nicest boat in Auckland Harbour and still be a B Corp. Uh, it's a really important philosophy that we embrace the fact that profit is often a key enabler and that businesses that make money and still do good are completely valid and critical. 
And it's in that context that the fact that Kilmarnock was really largely self-sustaining off its own activity in generating income is what brought it into the, the realm of B Corps because we do have a, a position that charities, pure charities that rely on entirely donated income are a different kind of thing and not really something that we're focused on, which isn't to diminish what they do, it's just a different world. Cool. Sam, have you any indications as to why you feel Trinio's going down this path? Um, so for us, we're very driven by um, our values around purpose and, and um, having more, more than just the profit being the highlight. Mm. So, um, we feel that um, you know work and life is starting to kind of interlink quite a lot more so we want to bring that life balance or that life feel into work and B Corp's a way for us to do that to align right. everything. Cool and um, obviously Michelle you're probably the best person to ask what, what, what the biggest challenge you've kind of answered it in many ways mm -hmm. but other than not being allowed to. <laughs> what, what was this? Were there any big challenges that, I suppose, yeah, that came across? That you I guess remember? for us, um, as a relatively small entity, um, it, um, it was the resource side of things. So I found it incredibly valuable to have somebody that I could actually say, "This is your project. Can you help us through it?" And I think the other thing also was, you know, we just assumed that we would pass with absolute flying colours because, you know, everything that we do is we're there to serve a social purpose in our community. So automatically we, as an organisation, we behave very socially minded and environmentally minded. So I think that one of those challenges was we assumed that we'd, yeah, 200 points straight up. <laughs> and we didn't have that. <laughs> You're like, oh, we're not quite as good it's as terrible. we were, which is actually not a bad thing because it means that it's really focused us on what are the areas where we don't do well <coughs> or as well as the other areas. Some areas, as you said, you know, with your blue boxes, mm. clearly because we are mission locked, because we're profit locked, we do really well in. But actually other areas are huge. Um, and for us in particular, we actually weren't, we were operating ethically, we expected our customers to buy ethically, but we were actually not looking down our supply chain. Yeah, so that was one of the biggest yeah. areas, would you say, yeah. that we were actually saying, <coughs> we're not making sure that we buy ethically, which is, we should be, and we are now, yep. so, yeah. Cool. Kath, you, you've recertified Eagle how many times? I, we recertified <laughs> twice, I've only been involved in the last one. But yeah, I would say, you know, it's certainly a really challenging process. Uh, I think the first time, and I actually had to ask Steve this because I, you know, I wanted to know what was it like the first time, and he said it was really, really tough. You know, like being the business that we are, and he is, is as you've already alluded to, that joke that he always trots out about being the dirtiest people, but kind of feels like it fit. I mean, look, you know, we're supplying <laughs> single-use disposable gloves for goodness' sake, and yet we've got the biggest opportunity to make positive impact in that industry. But it did mean that we had to look hard at the business at that time in terms of what are the things that we hadn't even considered and that's I think where the B impact assessment really helped Eagle, um, really helped us look at um, a whole range of areas that we had hadn't considered and exactly that sort of thing too around you know we've you know within our supply chain where can we be making improvements forward and backwards mm -hmm. so yeah challenging and it did take a, it did, did take a while and we were really grateful for a lot of help and support from B-Lab and I will give a wee really supportive plug to B-Lab because I've found myself and I know that we've um, found previously that going through that process of certification uh, comes with a lot of support and guidance at that step. So while it might feel really quite daunting, once you've kind of gone into that phase of discussing improvements and what can you be doing, that, that, that you know, they, they want you to do well and they'll, you know, really help. So. Challenging, but with what? Cool. Anyone else got anything on that? 
probably similar experience for us too. We probably didn't ask for as much help as we could have, and we may have benefited from asking for more help along the way because we're a relatively small and very busy and growing organisation. So yeah, finding the time to get all that information together um, wasn't always easy, and because we're wholly owned and quite linked with our parent, um, separating out some of the information yep. was not always easy either. That certainly that seems to be my experience. If you're really, if you're really small business, you just struggle for time mm. because you've got a million things you need to do by tomorrow morning. And if you're a really big business, it's like I need to track down the CFO. Where's the CFO? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Um, so there, that that I think is my experience. Is it can be, but um, I guess you know, as Michelle alluded to, if, if the sense of purpose and mission, and you really want to do it, like you'll just make it happen. You'll track down mm. the people that you need to track down and stand in their inbox, whatever you need to do. Um, so on that, um, anyone got any thoughts on who should lead the B Corps certification? Like maybe Environmark, I'm looking at, at yeah. you. Who, uh, who was who drove that? It was Anne, our CEO. Um, she was really enth enthusiastic. So she brought um, the senior leadership team and the board and the, the rest of the staff on the journey along there, which was really fabulous. Um, our, the chair of our board sat in. We, we sat down as a team to do the uh, the questionnaire, and the chair of the board was there as well. And it took us hours, but um, it was really interesting. And I think um, we all learned things about our business from doing that. But having that um, real leadership from the um, the top of the business did make a really big difference in committing to it and getting through that process and making it all happen. Yeah, I'd support that. I think that we see organisations, and it's interesting when you get into much bigger organisations and you've got uh, CSR departments, uh, people leading them, they're really critical stakeholders and, and certainly if they're not on board and leading it as well, it won't happen. But if you don't have that engagement at the highest leadership levels, then it's roadblocks. Um, and for organisations that are really early on their journey, uh, I would start with your vision statement. And if it says something along the lines of we're going to be the biggest, we're going to be the best, um, then just start asking questions, why does that matter? Um, what, how does that make a difference that we're the biggest in, in New Zealand or biggest in whatever market we're in or the best? What does that even mean? I think if you can identify a purpose at the core of an organisation and even have a conversation, whether it's a CEO or someone on the board, and that purpose becomes really apparent that it's bigger than your organisation, that it's about the environment or the community or, or the way of the world and we work, then that's the starting point but then you need to engage with the highest levels of leadership to get the job done, even if there's someone doing the work who's, who's in a different department. And then the only other comment I'd make is that whoever is leading the charge needs to have the ability to work across the organisation because they need to engage with people in all aspects. They need to talk to the person that runs the warehouse who, uh, and they need to have the, both the authority and the personal sort of skill set to come and engage with people across the organisation. And, and that's something that even if that person's role isn't to do that, they need to be enabled to do that because they have to have conversations in departments that they've probably never engaged with before. Totally agree. I think mm. if you don't have that senior leadership buy-in, it, it just it's like walking through molasses <coughs> really hard. Sam, how are you? What's the experience been like for you? Uh, it's, it's, I've only been at Trinio for a couple of months and um, it's been really exciting to have that passion um, within the company from the CEO, the COO, the CFO, they're all on board and I kind of, um, my role allows me to be across um, pretty much all of the things. So um, I put my hand up and said I'd love to, to be um, across this and my counterpart in Sydney 
uh, is also working on it as well since we've got four offices around the place to make sure everything aligns. But it's definitely driven from the top, so we've got that support, we've got that passion, and it's across all of the offices. The people uh, in our teams are really excited about it as well. So we've got that cooperation, we've got the energy, and um, you know, you mentioned before about the the vision um, and, and statement. Um, we're we're all about that. So it's 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 within everyone, which is it's a really cool thing for me personally to have been able to step into and and be involved in. So it's definitely there, everything that you've uh, you've seen, which is cool. Mm. I think having to spend a little bit of time in the Trinio offices, like there's a palpable set, there's a vibe, mm-hmm. and then they're, like, they're only just starting the journey, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's really cool. It's like imagine how awesome the vibe's going to be when you're across. I've, I have said to Dan, who's in the room, that they're the, with the art. I want to see a bee being made on one of the windows <laughs> as they progress through the assessment and then they're going to be unveiling. Just for information, these questions all came from you. So if you don't like them, it's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> so we asked everyone when you registered for your ticket to, to ask a question. So I've collated all your questions. So it's, it's not me, it's you. Um, by far, the most popular question, uh, which I thought was really interesting. How has B Corp certification helped you with your business profile or more revenue? It's like, there's a whole lot of questions around marketing, profile, and revenue. Who wants to go for that one? I think it went too early on the journey for it to have made a big difference to us yet. Um, People know though, um, I was running a training course in Wellington earlier on in the week um, for a bunch of energy professionals who want to get into carbon space and one of the guys said, oh you're a B Corp, what does that mean? And and like there wasn't something that we'd kind of promoted as something that we were doing to that group in particular. So people do know and people are really interested. Um, so when yeah, we haven't kind of done any assessment as to whether there's any revenue benefits, but um, definitely that profile you know, is starting to be known and you know, people are asking questions, which is great. Anyone else? Um, I think this, for me there's kind of two parts to this question. So that, 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 that first part about raising the business profile. So. For us at the start of this journey, um, most people had no idea what B Corp was, so we were having to do a lot of explaining. Most everyone we met, we would be trying to tell them about B Corp, and they would say, "Well, what is that?" So we've been watching the conversations change over the last few years, and it's really, really exciting to see. Um, for a start, look how many people we've got in the room today, but we're starting to see this such a. It's becoming a much more widely recognised. We've certainly found it's helpful for initiating those conversations with our relationships with our customers, with our suppliers, having those conversations with them about B Corp, even if they then, um, you know, they can do with it what they will in terms of whether they may go on and choose to implement some of that B Impact Assessment themselves. We've put our, we've put the B Corp logo on our marketing, through on, on all our packaging. Um, and we obviously, you know, come to a lot of events. We've attended Champions Retreats in the States and in Alice Springs in Australia, um, and have found that network of like-minded companies has has been really, really beneficial. And so that second part about growth was what, what we're seeing now is um, B Corps because of that network has really given us that confidence to um, open a branch in the States. It's it's giving us introductions into a crowded marketplace. Uh, doesn't necessarily win the business. Um, all the time, but it's certainly giving us that that step through the door. And our businesses, you know, in the in, in the US, we've um, had something like I think Gareth will probably be able to talk more about this. If anyone's got any questions, he's in the back there. Um, something like 800% growth in the US business. Um, so that's really massive. So you know, we're looking at capital raises and things at the moment. So yeah, that's we're starting to see that coming through. 
Can I just add that, um, you know, we've only just certified, so, um, but we've been going through the journey painfully for four years. And I totally concur that the conversation four years ago, people would say, be what? Mm. But as now, people are really getting it. What I'm finding interesting talking about the profit side is I'm actually speaking as an example with the CEO of BNZ here, who's looking at possibly going through the certification. The reason their drive for doing that is they want to be seen for internally from their employees' mm. view to be a real ethical um, entity, which clearly in some sectors that's quite hard to demonstrate in other ways. Because they believe that if they have engaged employees who really care about the fact that the, the organisation they work for actually cares themselves, mm. that will naturally translate over time into attracting a more like-minded customer and that all translates into profit. So I think there's a real movement change mm. in terms of organizations who traditionally wouldn't see themselves in this space, thinking actually, if I don't change the way that I behave and operate and don't become a good citizen as an organization, I'm not gonna be relevant tomorrow. So mm. it's almost like this has to happen. Mm. I, th I think we're at this tipping point where you're either conscious driven or consequence driven. Yeah. So mm. you either choose to do this because actually it's the right thing to do and the time is now, or actually, oh my God, all, all my main competitors are now B calls, I should probably go and do this. And you're going to be way better recognised for having been the leader and taking the plunge and driving it and maybe make a couple of mistakes, but hey, which we're doing this from a place of doing good rather than, mm. oh, you're the last of, the, of your peer group to certify. Congratulations. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just comment on that. It was coming through security at the airport the other day. I got a little overexcited when I saw the B on the Eagle... Um, packaging behind the security desk, so I jumped in and took a photo. Luckily, Gareth was with me, and I didn't experience an Eagle Protect Club. So the reality is that um, talking about the B, using the B, is how we increase the reach of the bee. Um, as an organisation, we are a small not-for-profit. We do not have the kind of budget to, to lead a high-level advertising campaign, but the, the spend, cumulative spend, if you like, of B Corps in the world is massive, and the more they start, not just sticking on packaging, although that is hugely influential, but talking about it with, within their business and outside their business, that's what we need to happen. We, we often get asked, what are you going to do to increase the awareness of the bee? And we say, look, we're doing the best we can. We're, we're engaging in conversations, but the real reach happens when larger and more organisations become B Corp certified and the conversation has been changing significantly. The other comment I just want to make on value proposition, because this is something I ask every new B Corp I meet, and the answer is really interesting. It is often to do with, especially in consumer businesses, it's about awareness and sending a message to our customers. But interestingly, it's also about internal accountability. We always used to think we do we, we did some good stuff. Now we know because it's external, it's verified, it's measurable. Uh, that internal value proposition is a really, really important one. It's surprising how much that's often a, a later value proposition that wasn't necessarily front of mind when we started going through it, but having gone through it, we now can take a lot of confidence in what we do because it's been tested. Very cool. Did anyone see, um, what's everyone know of sawmill breweries? 
you're a craft beer drinker, that's now your beer of choice. Um, they're, they're one of the latest B Corps. And I almost, I was saying to um, Andrew yesterday, I almost cried, screamed, laughed, mm -hmm. fell off my chair all in the same moment when I saw their advert on TV in conjunction with New World where they talk about them being a B Corps. And I was just like, oh my word, like this is, it's getting real. Like we've got a B Corps on TV. And you were saying you had the same on your Instagram feed yesterday. You were saying there was a campaign from sort of come and visit Melbourne and there was a B Corps you know, hey, we're a B Corp, we're a, we're a local business, come visit us. So, and that's been the tough thing. So we, we, today, we have been a relatively small community of the sort of, you know, punching above our weights, let's give this a good go. Um, but, you know, we, like you say, that there are some really biggies that are on the cusp. And, and I think once we get that first retail B2C focused with lots of Bs in their windows across all the storefronts in, in yep. New Zealand, that's going to be the big. So keep putting that pressure on us continues. Mm. Yeah, um, which is, I mean, we kind of delved into that a little bit, but you know, how can we build a B Corp? How can people here build B Corp other than obviously badgering their CEOs? Or if you are a CEO, just have a conversation with Andrew, make it happen. Um, how can we best support B Corps in New Zealand? Where do we find them? Yeah, so I'll, I'll touch on that. So, so my earlier point: talk about it. Just talk about it. Talk about it inside your business. So at the moment, we've got a B Corp <coughs> month campaign running. That's the T-shirt. Um, uh, and it's a campaign that we've designed to really enable B Corps to talk about the movement rather than us trying to run events. You are all here because Tim, a B Corp, put this event on um, using... Now, Tim's actually got a track record of doing this anyway, but this is within the confine, the, the sort of the structure of B Corp Month, uh, and it's been happening a huge amount in Australia. We've had a whole series of different events going on throughout July. So that's one way that we're, we're, we've been able to, from a budgetary perspective, put together a month-long campaign, and that's fantastic. Um, we're also engaging with government. Um, not just At the moment, our focus is on law reform to, to create company structures that are more suited to, to um, an impact-based company. Uh, but we're also having preliminary conversations around procurement. Government procurement and big business procurement is a massive area where um, B Corp certification can and should uh, provide a framework for effective decision making. And again, um, part of our job in, in what we do is engaging with government to create those frameworks. So that's something that we're working on. It's one of those things that is not particularly high profile until something good comes out of it. But once it comes out of it, then that would be a really powerful value proposition for any organisation that supplies to government. Um, to be able to show its B Corp status and say, hey, that helps me win tenders. Um, and, but more importantly, it helps communicate to government what type of business we are. So that's what we're focusing on, but what we really push our B Corps to do is just talk about it. Talk about it with your staff as well. Internally, those conversations are just as important as external. So just on that, um, locally in Christchurch, the City Council have updated their procurement policy recently, and it does now include that they, they will ask you questions on your social and environmental impact. They're pretty high level at this point, but you know something like the Measure What Matters sort of toolkit is, mm. is obviously something that I know there has been some conversations with the council, you know, that, that kind of thing. So yeah, if you're a B Corps, the, the, the vision would be that, because I think it was in San Francisco, although Gareth might confirm that, I, I seem to remember Steve talking about it years ago, that you used to get like a 3 or a 5% head start in all government tenders if you're a B Corps. Like, so that's one way that, that they were doing that in San Francisco. So that's obviously, yeah, to sort of prioritise and, and give some, um, um, and there is a list of B Corps. We go to on the website. Um, uh, if you head to um, the website, there's a directory. So, in fact, a global directory of B Corps. It also is transparent about what their score is broken down by sub area. So you can actually go and not only see the B Corps, but understand what it is that they're doing that makes them a B Corp. Cool. Um, maybe the last question from me. Um, this was a really popular question as well. How do you basically bake in purpose to your culture? 
and ensure that it doesn't get consumed by the profit? Like, how do you balance this? Making money, but we got to stay true to the purpose. I might go to Michelle for that one, because that's kind of what you do. Yeah, I, mean, I guess for an organisation <laughs> like Kamala, that's a lot easier. Um, naturally, because we exist for such a high, well, for a social reason, we tend to attract people and employees, therefore, that are equally aligned with, with what we do. So I think for a, a command of finding that purpose and, and aligning your personal purpose to the company's vision and purpose is really easy. That becomes sometimes more challenging if you are a traditional, just you know, for-profit organization. But um, I think that can be done. And the question is, you know, as a leadership team, to be able to really articulate as an organization what your organization's reasons for existence is, what the why is, and then really work with your with um, your team to actually make sure that they can match their passion and their why to what the <coughs> company's vision and why is, because everybody's got it. I mean, I speak with the bank here a lot, you know. Banking is such an important part mm. of our society. It's huge, and actually, if a bank can help organizations and individuals be good with money and be happy and safe, that's a huge thing. So it's about making sure that individuals and the company's purpose can, can be aligned and working hard on that and reminding it and constantly talking about it. And I guess the journey you've sort of been through with Kilmarnock was more, it was all, it was 100% purpose, hardly any profit. That's right. So you've... We've you've done the other way around. Done yeah, the other I mean, way around. The word commercial was just dirty, dirty word commercial. Whereas now, we balance both all the time. Every decision we make, every single decision, every single day, we balance both. Because ultimately, with that third leg of the sword, the commercial, you've got nothing. So, but never do anything commercially at the detriment of something that we mm. believe in, socially and environmentally. And you've got that really cool graph where you track <coughs> your profitability versus yeah. your impact. Yes, if which is fantastic. Yeah, you that. know, we had for many, many years, our impact was just, it was you know, it was great, it was really good compared to others, but it was just bobbing along doing this. We were able to prove it from the day that we became a social enterprise and started um, valuing the commercial as much as the social, that our, um, our um, equity position did this, but so did the impact did that, because it meant that we had the money to reinvest mm. to actually create more impact. So it wasn't one or the other, it was both in our case. Mm. And we were able to, tra and I had to track that because I had, as you can imagine, a, a board of um, directors and trustees who were quite nervous about the fact that we wanted to commercialize an mm -hmm. entity that had been around for 50 odd years at the time. But we've been able to prove that so long as you do it properly, that you can actually achieve both 100%. It's, it's hard to do good without any cash. Yes, exactly. And I think that's where the charity sector in general is kind of mm -hmm. trying to move to, and I think, Andrew, you're right, I think it's the kind of the vision I see is we, we, we'll have to, we need to have this merge, where it's like if your business, like you say, it has to be regenerative and, and positive. If your business is taking at any level, then mm -hmm. you're going to struggle. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts? How do you see in your three weeks of visiting B Corps? What are your... Yeah, I think, I think really living that purpose is there's, there's any number of ways that you can bring um, strategies to life and, and at every level of the organisation but it really is the talking about it and you walk into organisations now and you see what you see in reception or in the front office or wherever it is written on the walls or, um, or on the table in front of you um, so early when you walk into an organisation you can pretty quickly figure out hey this, this organisation is incredibly well tied into its vision and its purpose um, and I think that that is all about good leadership and, and being consistent as well. So um, having that core purpose, not just at a vision, but also at a values level. I mean, values in a good organisation are the things we rely on to make the tough decisions. So when you've got a choice that looks 50-50, it's often our values that help direct which way to go. Um, and, and bringing those values to life is, is as important about it, embedding purpose 
um, as it is to have a really cute kind of vision statement. The values are the piece that keeps us alive. 100%. Um, right, one more actually, and then I might just throw it to the audience. Um, what, what are any changes that you're going to be making in your business due to you having gone through the certification? Is there like what's the one? Is there one thing that you're like, okay, Michelle kind of highlighted that was supply chain was like so obvious. We got hardly any points on the supply chain, um, but yeah, for the others, what's what is the one thing that maybe you've seen so far? Like, okay, that's the area that we might have to look at. Catalyst not selling single-use rubber gloves would be weird. <laughs> 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 but that's the challenge, and that's the good totally. thing, and that's the good thing. That's probably why I'm so passionate about working at Eagle because it's just like it's right there in front of me, and yet it's like there's so much more reason then to make that space better. Know how? Mm -hmm. So for us, the the biggest change that we seek to make is really about how do we reduce the impact of what we're doing on the environment and then at the same time how do we improve the outcomes for health and well-being for people in communities by educating, by waste reduction, by, by better products that actually do a job of you know, protecting people. So changes for us really come at the strategic level around what are we going to be doing in terms of um, continuing research, continuing uh, work we're doing in the States. Um, Around you know how, how how do we manage to change a conversation in, an, in 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 a level of industry where it's often very really not really thought about. It's the last thing on the procurement person's mind is like what are we going to do about gloves? So it's really trying to get in front. So yeah, changes. I think because you're I mean, you're almost like squeezing the lemon really hard <coughs> because you guys have been a B Corp for that long. You you know you've. But what I really like, who's seen the Volvo advert recently? <coughs> Has anyone seen that? Mm. Where they where they're now basically open sourcing all their safety data. And it's like, this, this is where you're at. It's like, when you're competing at the next level, you know you've hit purpose. It's like, we want everyone else to sell better rubber gloves. Mm. We don't want to sell more rubber gloves. Mm. We want better rubber gloves. And like Absolutely. Volvo is sort of saying, we don't want to obviously try to sell more cars, mm. but it's like, we want there to be safer cars. We want mm. less people being hurt. Mm. And I think that's, that for me is a real indicator that you've hit purpose. It's part of that vision. It's part of that, yeah. like, it's not just about us. It's about wanting things to be better for everybody. And so like, if we're going into a customer and we're talking to them about their product, it's around, you know, like you may not even end up choosing our product, but we want you to understand that the stuff that you may be doing that's not having a detrimental effect <coughs> on your workers, depending on what product you're using. So it's helping them to, it's just, it's sharing and it's doing a lot of listening and it's doing a lot of work with building relationships with people so that, you know, and for us too, that's that, it's the long game. It's that, you know, like this stuff might not come immediately, but if we continue with relationship building, then we feel that, you know, that, that rewards come and it is that definitely that part about wanting to share share our knowledge and try and drive change. Very happy to talk to you about your environment. And for us, I guess there's, there's two aspects that we're looking at. One's more internal facing, one's more external facing. Um, the more internal facing is increasing our understanding and linkages culturally. Um, you know, bringing the Matauranga Māori more into our culture, those sorts of things, because we can see that there's some real benefits to be had in that space. And then externally, it's that capacity building piece. It's the helping others to organ, you know, to do the right thing, whether they come, you know, go through their journey with us or not. Cool. Yeah. And Sam, how are you? What's the one thing that? What's the one? Which of the five <coughs> pillars are you looking to for? Um, well, we, we kind of we rated ourselves on the lower end of the scale to start off with, just so we um, had a bit of room to move. But um, probably the biggest pillar that we would focus on to start off with would be the governance. Um, we'd, we've um, we're 
quite comfortable and, and, and strong in the worker side of things and we're focusing a lot on the environment already kind of as a natural um, flow of how we operate but the, the governance I guess is the one part that would um, be a big focus for us at the moment. Cool. Um, is there any questions, any bonus questions from the audience other than the one that you've all looked at? Oh, Andrew, uh, mention of banking industry would be uh, like a golden egg for you guys. I mean, that is one industry right now that could do a B Corp certification across the board. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, you've got a really, I mean, if I was your marketing manager, I'd be saying, here, go for it. Michelle, uh, fair call. Can I get into the phone right now? Yeah. <laughs> when, when BNZ has an independent chair and, and, um, and someone like Michelle, but more importantly, we just had a conversation about this before, actually wants to talk to Michelle about the other things Michelle does rather than just sort of, here's the chair and you know um, we'll have some nice lunches. That's really meaningful. In Australia, there was just a royal commission into the financial services sector where the banks didn't come out too well. Um, <laughs> um, but I think the, the bigger win here is that they do have a hugely important role to play in society. Um, a lot of the failures were certainly systemic uh, and that there's a whole lot of reform aimed at, at fixing those. But yes, the banks are themselves wanting to reframe the conversation around, well, why are we here? What, what good can we do? And we're engaging with them. We already have a series of smaller um, banking organisations who are B Corps, SBS Bank here in New Zealand, um, based down, I think, in, in the current one. Yep. Yeah. Um, they're not there yet, what? are they? Yep. Are they? They're, they sorry, they're on the way, or are they B Corps? Sorry. I think they're on the way. Playing my three week card, not sure yep. yet, but I know they're on the way. <laughs> wow. um, yeah, so, and in Australia, we have a couple of um, credit unions, small regional financial organisations who are B Corps. So absolutely, I agree with your point. It's a great area of opportunity and there's very significant influences in both Australia and New Zealand as well. It's really interesting though, because you go to a lot of the startup hubs around New Zealand, there's always a bank attached. Like, they want to be attached Fintech. to the cool thing, yeah. you know? Um, I think that this bit massive, this is a bit of a bigger opportunity, I think. Because mm. effectively, I think a lot of the startups naturally are going a lot of down the sustainability path. So this is yep. sort of a, just a natural partnership, isn't it? B Corps, startups. Absolutely. Um, and you need to have been in business for a year to become certified, and we're looking at some structures to make it easier for um, startups because, of course, from the rigor perspective, it's one thing to say, hey, this is what my startup's going to be all about, but you need to be able to show it. So startups have a, a difficult journey as well. Yep. Uh, kind of going off the banking, but opening up also to uh, you spoke about law, like law firms in the first instance or other consulting firms, say. Um, banks, you could at least have conditions on loans, for example, and collateral and certain to enforce, but in terms of supply chain, if you're a consultant or even a lawyer, you, you provide advice. Mm. What happens with that advice, what your client does, is that part of your supply chain and, and how can you even audit how sustainable their actions are and you say no to those clients, but then is that on you? How does that kind of firm fit within the big core? Yep, it's a great question, and um, I, I take great care not to to misdirect um, based on my own learning curve here. But understand that the mechanisms that we, the questions we ask, are more about your structures and your processes than they are about necessarily the who that you deal with. Now, you will get some credit for having B Corps in your supply chains, um, but. It's it, not so much coming from a position to say, give us your client list of the last five years, and if you deal with anyone dodgy, you're, you're out. Um, it's much more to do with what are your processes around, and so governance is a really important area for professional services firms. 
what are your processes around how you manage that um, engagement with clients and selection of clients? That's um, how do you have different voices at the, the table? Um, they're the kind of things that are particularly relevant to professional services firms. Um, and your supply chain, um, as I said, you will get credit for dealing both with B Corps as customers as suppliers for the same reason that if we know they're B Corps then we know that they're also um, highly effective and ethical organisations. So there are a lot of professional services firms who are B Corps. Um, one of the tougher areas um, with professional service firms is getting the partners to agree. Um, wonderful business model that partnership is. Um, everybody has to agree. So quite often it can be challenging for those reasons to create the change, mm. but inherently the business model can adapt very well to B Corp status. <coughs> Happy to talk to you a bit more later and get some more information for you. If that I can help. probably comment on that. So we're, we provide services for a B Corp. We do work for um, Parafield, the law firm, so we've got lawyers that are customers. But then we've also recently said no to a payday leasing organisation because we wouldn't do work for someone like that. So, but you, so it's kind of picking and choosing customers like that. This particular law firm is a great law firm to deal with, and they do a lot of stuff around social enterprise. So, not all of our customers are a perfect um, fit, but there are definitely some that you would say no to. So, it's, and same with your supply chain, you, you. I think it's just you just have to make a call. You can talk to your supply chain as well and get them to fill in a, a you know a form to check that they're ethical. Um, but somewhere online, you just kind of have to make a call about who you deal with that sort of thing and make that part of you know, the, the choices that you make on customers and supply chain. So, what was the mechanism? Yeah. <coughs> yeah, what was the mechanism that enabled you to make that choice? Like, when did that choice become one that you made as an organisation? Well, I got the, the lead in, I was quite excited, and it was more around the data, I'm quite a data sort of person, and I saw that, but when we discussed the particular client and the outcomes of what we would do with that data, it was clear? No. That was a no. Yep. We're no. a small business, so we're, you know, and also when we started up, uh, we're only, what are we, four years old? Um, so we went through the B Corp certification to actually help us structure our business, we had to wait a year before we could do it. Um, and we were originally going to be a cooperative and we've gone through ups and downs and, and, but, and restructured how we are as a business but for us it was certainly this, is, this will help us structure our business and how we move forward and how we work with our staff and how we choose our customers and what we do. So it helped us actually come mm. up with a structure for our business. Yeah, we've had similar, a couple of times, situations where organisations have come to us and we've gone, why are you talking to us? Is it because you want to improve your performance or is it because you want to do some greenwashing? Um, so making sure that we've got enough confidence that they actually want to do things for the right reason allows us to, you totally. know, to say yes or no. That's part of it. So look if we'll pick on Parry Field again because... It's nice. <laughs> 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 Stephen's not really a lawyer, you're a podcaster and media specialist. Anyway, so. <laughs> um, you know, someone like Parry Field does a lot of work in the charity sector, so they have self-selected a client base where you could argue if or when they would like to come, come on, Steve. Um, like on, their, on that impact list, if they're working to support, you know, charities, not-for-profits and people who are doing good, they would get points for that. So you kind of get positively rewarded for, do, for supporting good. So I'm, I'm a consultant, but if I, um, and very similar to what you were saying, like if I had, you know, really toxic, bad company that does a whole lot of bad, but they go, hey, look, we want to be a B Corp, can you help us do that? 
I won't get points for helping them because they're not a good business, as it were. But I, for me, it's like, well, that's the right thing to do because if I can help them, they're B Corp. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's kind of make the call. But if you if you proactively seek to work with businesses for, that are doing more good, you will get points. If that makes sense. Despite the fact that you've aged rapidly with Carbonic, um, <laughs> it does that. Don't blame Michelle. I know. I'm I don't know what only 23. I don't know this happened, but this sort of reminds me of the ISO 9000 coming into the business world, um, and oh, so people smiling. And uh, as a project manager at the time, it was the leadership were very excited, and we looked and said, "You realise we're sinking at the moment, and now you're asking us to do all this other stuff." And one of the issues I think there might be as you as B Corp grows and as the corporates get involved, very good at gaming the system. Very, you can't, I mean, corporates are very covering things up, doing things well, yeah. and I always wonder how, as an aspiration to engage the bigger organizations, uh, how you actually still maintain that degree of integrity and don't end up losing it. It's a great question, and it's one of those questions that we'll answer definitively at some unspecified point in the future. When we know we get there. Um, the reality is, we we um, the, 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 the processes are extremely rigorous as they are now, and they are being redesigned to allow for multinational corporations going through. Most multinationals go through a model where they get subsidiaries certified first, and we encourage that because it helps the larger organisation learn um, about the process and then apply it across the larger group. So the, the answer to your question is, I agree, it's critically important, um, and that any certification authority has to maintain its rigour, um, and it's often as, it's as important the ones that don't get through as the ones that do that prove that rigour. Um, but at the same time, we are about creating change. So we would also uh, respond to that by saying the destination isn't always the answer. Uh, and I'd encourage any business to undertake the BIA to simply see where they're at and think about maybe where they can make some change. We've got some B Corps that require anybody that does business with them to, um, uh, as a supplier, to undertake the BIA just to see. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to become certified, but by undertaking the BIA, you get some visibility as to where they're at. And we think that's just as important because that creates change and we're ultimately about a movement of creating change, not just um, a, a sort of certification um, that, that businesses can have and do what they want with, but we're, we're very passionately engaged in the mission of creating change. So I know that doesn't directly answer your question, but, but suffice to say I absolutely agree that maintaining that rigour is critical and I think that anybody that's gone through certification, I would hazard to say, would, would would say that it's incredibly rigorous and tough. Um, it, it would be just as hard to fake it as it would be to go and actually get the documents. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. the questions are so rigorous that the, the time you'd have to spend making up. No, I think the thing is once, because like, anybody's advice with my dad, you do, and it's incredibly rigorous, I mean, anybody knows it's been through it, it's a nightmare. And then afterwards, what happens? It just starts, you know, eroding very rapidly. You have to be recertified every three years, yeah, um, and that's another full certification, um, ground up. Uh, it was a two-year cycle, moved to three years just because two years was, was organisationally too challenging. Um, I think, though, it comes back to the original point, too, that you won't get certified in the first place without buy-in from, from very top leadership. Um, and the kind of organisations that become B Corps are absolutely mission-locked. Um, and I think that um, from a process engineer perspective, any certification is enormously challenging. Um, and those who are directly at the coalface of undertaking it have a very hard time. Um, but organisations that embrace that are the ones that succeed. Patagonia is one of our leading B Corps worldwide, very well known organisation. 
Um, they've, they've got some amazing stories behind them and really worth seeking out. But one that really resonated with me was when they moved into clothing, they opened up a flagship store in New York and they built the whole store out of recycled timbers and it was a very beautiful space. And they had a strategy at the time of storing clothes in the basement, sort of a mini DC. And in their first week of business, their staff started getting really sick. Um, and cut a long story short, they realised it was the, um, the chemicals in the cotton um, actually were percolating up to the building and making their staff sick. And that led them on a journey to go right down to understand, this is when they first moved into clothing, and they said, what chemicals in cotton? Who knew? So as an organisation, they went and sought out what's going on. They went out to cotton farms, and they, they came to the conclusion they had to use organic cotton. And then they went back to their designers and said, hey, we need to use a, a source product that is you know, five times as expensive. Um, and they went to their designers and their, their sort of sales teams and said, yep, you need to sell this stuff now, and the designers and sales teams said, holy smoke, that's five times more expensive. <laughs> so what they did is they took those people to the cotton farms that were at the time a haze of, of sort of, you know, smell over these awful farms. And, and when their staff saw that, the staff came back and said, yep, we're increasing the price by five, we're using organic cotton, no problem. And, and as a result, Patagonia ain't cheap. The point I'm making broadly is that, that when this is working properly, it's, it, it self-selects the right organisations who are going to not just comply, but then figure out how do we live this and bring this to life. Um, it's a very, it's a much more holistic approach than simply a sort of ISO 9000 certification move on. Um, but I think your point is a really important one and absolutely stands and that rigour is important for, for that reputation. Cool. Last one. Uh, going back to the um, how you said that uh, businesses need to be uh, exist twelve months or more, is there resources for some of the younger businesses that are less than twelve months that uh, they can use to actually build themselves up the right way? Yep. So um, if they do get to that twelve months, they don't have a dramatic change. They've kind of um, built themselves up in the idea of getting certified. Yep, so one of our B Corps in Christchurch is Banker, banker.com, which is B-A-N-Q-E-R, um, and they're about financial education, particularly for kids. Um, they'd be a good one to engage with because they started very early on in their life as well. Short answer is that, yes, there are resources in the, in the impact assessment as you go through it to, to help shape your organisation from a very early stage. So there's a lot of startups around the world that engage in certification, and I can um, grab me afterwards and we can track down some specific ones for you. Any final points that you want to throw out from the panel? Anything you feel like you haven't said you'd like to say? Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start the process, you know. It's, yeah. it, you're not going to lose anything apart from a few hours of your time. So absolutely do that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, absolutely agree. And even if it's something that you take a while to do, that you, um, because of the size of it, just remember that every time you're going into that, there's always those opportunities to be seeing things that you can start implementing, even if you're not ready to hit the button and be complete. So it can be the, the journey of certification is almost as rewarding as actually getting it, getting there at the end as well. Super cool. I forgot to mention, um, on the whole, um, is B Corp good for your growth? Um, I have got like reams and reams and reams of links to evidence from the Deloitte's, the PwC's, the Goldman Sachs, like all the big four who've done all the research to show. Um, I was talking to Sheena earlier on in the UK. They did some research last year. I think um, retail B Corps out. They grew 28 times more than GDP growth in the UK. Like there is 
there is no evidence that I've found. If you find it, send it through to me because I, I want to be proven wrong, you know, so I can learn. Uh, but there's no evidence to show that by being a B Corp, you won't, it won't positively impact your business financially. Um, but there's all the other emotional and psychological and human benefits that go along with it. Last question, Andrew, five, ten years time from now, what does B Corp, B Lab look like in Aotearoa, New Zealand? Ah, oh, the, the opportunity in New Zealand, perhaps created out of um, um, the opportunity in New Zealand is enormous because you have a government um, aligned. You have the very core of the, the way New Zealand presents itself. You have a growing Indigenous business community that is that is, on many respects, going to be a huge economic driver into the future. That at its core is is ba- is, is rooted in community. Um, the opportunities here are enormous. Five, ten years, um, I, I think that a realistically fantastic goal would be that key centres are engaged um, and that governments in cities like Christchurch are engaged and really pushing the idea that to do business in Christchurch you really need to be mm. something like a B Corp because it's better for the area. Mm. So I think that, um, I don't want to put numbers on it because again growth is, is not the absolute metric, change is the, is the driver. Um, but I think if, if culturally we, we can plug the B Corp movement into um, the strong underpinning of, of business culture that's already in New Zealand, you're going to see crazy growth. Um, and I think that as an organisation, we need to position ourselves to have a lot more support here. We're very conscious that supporting the community from across the ditch is not ideal uh, and we need to really embed ourselves here with some key partnerships. So I think you'd also see um, a lot more support from B-Lab on the ground in New Zealand too. Sweet. Cool. That's it. Thank you, panel. Well, I do hope you enjoyed that bonus episode. I know for many people attending in the room, it answered a lot of questions about what B Corps are. If you enjoyed the episode, then consider leaving a rating or review, subscribe, check out some of the earlier episodes, and share the episode with a friend. Until next time. Mm-hmm.